in the brief that's in the program, I didn't mention anything about my family. I'm married, and I have three adult children and one teenager. Doesn't look like it. But. <laughs> Academic integrity in African context. As I looked at this topic, I had a lot of struggles as to how to limit the focus. But I tried to raise some questions that have to do with research, integrity. Um, and so I start with a question. All right. Is plagiarism a moral or integrity issue? And we all need to struggle with this question. Responses come to this question in various ways, uh, oftentimes informed by our modes of teaching and other factors. So I want to reflect on this question in some ways, raise issues for us to think about and see how we can provide uh, a meaningful response to this question. And the second thing there on the first page is uh, a definition of plagiarism, a rough one. Uh, plagiarism is defined as academic theft and it's an act that is very complex. Generally, when you lift content, form, structure from other sources without appropriate reference or without reference at all, uh, it's considered plagiarism. There are those who feel that uh, unconscious borrowing should be excused. But we'll reflect on some of the issues that come with that. Some more questions are raised. How much borrowing can be done without reference to sources? How much reference should be given? Is there any knowledge that is original to a particular researcher? Is knowledge not a virtual reality? Can there not be intuition that appears replicating earlier research, earlier reflections? And how do we manage that? How do we identify it? Um, how do we respond to it when it happens? Are students being victimized or held responsible for plagiarism or when, when, when they are held responsible? It is difficult to argue that one can use an information from others without knowing that it is not theirs. Uh, oftentimes, the actual source may not come to mind, but you readily can tell that I, I learned this somewhere else. So in teaching research, I've always asked the students to, to ask themselves, am I the original uh, source of this? Uh, 
Even if you cannot readily call to mind where you heard it or where you saw it, where you read it, you can tell that this is not mine. Uh, when you, in Africa, we dry our clothes outside, and that's strange for some. Uh, <laughs> but when you live in a community and you dry your clothes and you go to pick them, do you mistake your shirt? I think if we think in those terms, when we reflect on what people have written, have presented, has researched on, we'll be able to uh, be atop of managing uh, issues of plagiarism when we see them. The identity of plagiarism is complicated in Africa as a result of traditional modes of transmission of knowledge, the folk tales. There are stories about wisdom, love, hospitality, marriage, obedience, etc. These are used to communicate morals in society. They are repeated stories intended to, re- to, re- to be retold in I mean, from one generation to another to build the morals of a society. The interest is in the morals being inculcated through these stories and not the owner of the stories. The end value of the body of knowledge is the concern. What do people learn? What, what do they gain? How will they change through the content? And no one gives serious attention in this kind of context to who owns the idea. And so when someone from this context comes to an academic setting, it's, it's actually difficult to understand the expectations uh, that, that inform Plagiarism. I've I've heard so many stories from Africa relating to moral values and the rest of them, and I'm not sure anybody can trace where they came from. And Africa has a lot of sayings, songs, expressions uh, through which communications are made, lives are built, and just difficult to tell who owns it. And so when you ask the student to tell where you get this story from, it can be a very challenging um, request or expectation. So this reflection identifies the factors responsible and steps that could be taken to curb plagiarism in African context. This presentation is given based on observations and general expressions in research classes, the questions students ask, the factors that inform the questions they ask, the general reaction towards institutional efforts at curbing the act. It is also an invitation to discuss in this forum 
Apton. And intended to harness insight in responding to the challenge of plagiarism. Factors responsible for the compromise of academic integrity. Number one, when in our teaching, learning, attention is given to success, and financial gains over against acquisition of skills and competence. There are some who always want to have the certificate. We've had something like that yesterday. Uh, they want to pass their exams. They want to have an A in the papers, but they, they have not been introduced or they are not willing to acquire skills that will help them do the work. And they see something that looks like what they are looking for, they just put it together to make sure they write a paper. And um, this leads to plagiarism. Also, inadequate exposure of students to standard academic practice. The first one is on the student. The second is on the teacher. When the teaching of research is done in a way that uh, students are not exposed on proper ways of doing research, uh, principles that will guide them in proper research, uh, ensuring that research is discovery, is investigation, rather than um, providing information. And they will be motivated and they will be able to get skills that will empower them to actually search out and discover. And it will be an interesting thing for them. Ill-prepared teaching. Sometimes it's not the fault of the teacher, but maybe for lack of human resources, um, someone who had no training in teacher education, no training in research, is asked to teach a research class. And so he depends on the fact that he had written a paper in the past <laughs> and will not be able to help the students to acquire the skills that are helpful in avoiding plagiarism. Cultural definition of honesty now, by this, I do not mean that African cultures do not value honesty. Um, it, it's just what, what is acceptable and what's the objective. As mentioned in the introduction, uh, the, um, the context of Africa is such that when you have an information, you have something a resource, others are welcome to make use of it to meet a need. Okay. But they're not welcome to distribute, to sell. I remember in African villages in time past, you can be walking by a farm of fruit, you have a right to pluck and eat. Even if the farmer sees you, he's not going to blame you for stealing. 
You are taking of the fruit to eat right there. And you do not need to ask him. Okay. Um, but if you take the fruit, put in your bag, then you've done the wrong thing. Uh, and, and I think that kind of idea with, with the context that stories are used to communicate, um, poems and expressions are used to build morals and not so much emphasis on authorship. Uh, sometimes these, these forms, these modes are transformed into or transposed into uh, research life and make people take things not necessarily because they want to take them and steal them, but because they feel this is useful for me and I can make use of it and I don't think anything is wrong with it. Because in this context, nobody fights over ownership of ideas. And so, um, but he, he fails in recognizing that uh, the world of research is a different one and uh, does not help much. Still some more factors. Mode of teaching, learning, and that is set in place, can also encourage plagiarism. When uh, One of the comments I made yesterday, when we teach with the intention that students are expected to go and replicate what they learn, oftentimes they end up plagiarizing in their research work. Uh, but when we give them tools so they can, they can be independent researchers, so they can investigate for themselves, then they'll be able to get out of it. And if, if we are using the traditional African modes of mentoring, of storytelling, of rote learning, of dictation, I mean, of memorization, uh, forms of learning, which, which is actually one of the general modes that we see in lower uh, literate levels of education, uh, the tendency that uh, such a student would be would, would fall prey to plagiarism is very high, and so uh, revisiting our modes of teaching will be very helpful. Careless approach to research. There are some who will actually do research without taking serious note of the source information when they take notes. And when they get to the writing stage, they fall prey to some of the challenges associated with this issue. Compromise in regard to entry requirements. Uh, here again, uh, each of the institutions have entry requirements uh, that, that give some kind of uh, start, start of competence for research at various levels of study. And if institutions for either for the reason of having more students or having more resources through their fees uh, are under pressure to lower their standards, uh, that can lead to some serious issues of plagiarism because the student will be expected to perform at a level he's not prepared for and it can lead the student to fall into issues of plagiarism. Inadequate supervision, also, when 
supervisors do not have enough time to thoroughly go through the research that the students are writing um, and are not able to, for instance, have a system of verification of their sources and content uh, through assessments, uh, the students are likely to fall prey to issues of plagiarism when less attention that, than is required is given, is given to the students. Dealing with issues not contextually cogent could also lead to plagiarism. Where, for instance, the, the student's concern is how do, I, how do I respond to issues of reappearances, ghosts, ancestors, in eschatology, okay? How do I relate that to resurrection? And then the professor does not give concerns in those directions, but he's talking about resurrection, life after death. Now, it's, what about these other modes of expressions of life after death that we see in Africa or we hear about or we, you know, you have stories of someone say a person died in uh, Nairobi and someone saw him in Kenya, I mean in somewhere else. Uh, is it possible? Does it happen? We have such stories in Africa and we have people tell experiences of those kinds of things. And so um, when, when you are dealing with a subject and you do not relate that subject to the context and you ask students to do research on such subjects, uh, the tendency is to simply go copy what others have written about those things because it's not real concrete. Uh, that might not be a good example that I have given, but when you have, when you have a struggle dealing with an issue that is completely abstract, does not respond to the existential need of, of the community, of the students who are engaged in research, uh, they are likely to uh, fall into this uh, problem. Common forms of plagiarism. I did not want to give much time to this, but just felt like it's good to have a mention of some of them, copy and paste uh, kind of uh, work, both large and small, uh, sometimes with quotation marks, without reference, or without quotation marks, uh, even with a reference, uh, forms of plagiarism. Lifting words, ideas, structures, paraphrases, um, and over-dependency, uh, quote and quote again, padding of information, very similar to paraphrasing, but you bring ideas, put them together, several people's ideas, mix them up, uh, you know, can be a problem, and you, you, you struggle with who do you give the credit and some of those issues. Uh, the last one, is sometimes you have students or researchers asking someone else to do the research for them, and they pay them or... Or they steal them. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
they removed the title page and fix a new one <laughs> and submit. So we have various forms of plagiarism that um, we see reflecting. These are major examples. Institutions, res- institutions' responses to these are informed by how much they are aware of the challenge. Some institutions have rules about management of plagiarism, but many do not. And those who have, some of them do not have elaborate uh, description of what to do or how to handle it. Those who do not have, I think we need to have uh, rules that will guide them. Here is an example of a statement in a catalog about what they will do. Each student is expected to do his own work in preparation for the successful fulfillment of all academic requirements of the courses in which he is enrolled or he or she is enrolled. Any form of cheating, whether in exams, tests, term papers, projects, reports, otherwise, will be dealt with severely and may lead to expulsion or dismissal. The remaining part of that quote is a description of the cheating, the stealing um, in the quote. Responses. I group the responses to these four. Accommodation. I, I, I struggle with terminologies in grouping this, so please you can modify them with little explanations that I will make. Uh, it, uh, the first one is where you accept it. You don't see any problem with it. You don't check it. Um, I've asked them to write a paper. They've written a paper. I've seen the paper. It's related to what I want them to see, to know, and let everyone go. And that's, that's a dangerous response. Um, it's a response that have failed to see the, the issue of plagiarism as a moral, ethical issue that um, calls to question the integrity of the researcher. The second one, mild punishment or mild response, is where, well... Uh, since you have plagiarized in this course, you repeat the course. That's just it. Or you repeat a year or a semester. Or you fail the course and retake the course. Okay. Harsh response um, could be expulsion or withdrawal of certificates. These two, number two and three, actually oftentimes do not have a redemptive dimension. Uh, 
They get you out of the system. Go do what you want to do with your life. And I think, I, I, I like to go with the last one. Some kind of, finding some way in which, in which we can um, guide, help, discover some of the factors that may have led to such plagiarism and see what we can do about it uh, to get the person off of it. Um, even if it means restarting the study all over or give him some time and, and do some follow-up to help him because when you just send him away, uh, he has learned something. He may still want to, well, that school didn't like me and still continue to write and publish and take people's material and use them the way he like without references. But if, if we have a way in which we can, we, we can have a restorative plan uh, to help the person out of the challenge of uh, taking people's uh, work for granted, it's going to be very helpful. But again, this house can discuss this and find a much more relevant uh, response. Measures towards academic integrity. I actually like to pitch my tent with the first one. There's a need to give attention to the spiritual state of the student. I think if we encourage churches to recommend people who have actually known Jesus as Lord and Savior and have been discipled and through effective teaching and some of the other factors that we will look at, we, we will be able to stem down issues of uh, plagiarism, lack of academic integrity. They can understand that this is not yours. You've got to give credit. And they are teachable. There are times we have students in the seminaries, Bible schools, who probably have not known Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. And it's sometimes because people recommend them have seen them very active physically, but they've not made personal commitments to Christ. In my life as a teacher, I've had to interview students for seminary enrollment, and I can say over a period of uh, 22 years that I've been teaching, I've seen like four or five cases of those who do not know Christ personally coming to seminary. Um, and sometimes, some of them had gone to some Bible school before they come to the seminary. And some of them are very active in terms of activities in the churches they came from. Um, and so it will be difficult to teach such. Uh, or if you do teach them and they learn they are learning simply like anyone could learn in a university. Have information, know things, be able to handle things. 
um, and, and not really ministry. And if, if we place emphasis on this, then we'll be able to achieve greater, greater end result uh, in authentic, biblically sound research for our contexts. Secondly, identify causative factors in each setting and consciously provide an appropriate response to it. Some of these factors were discussed in the second part of this presentation. We looked at causative factors there. Three, adopting effective teaching learning approaches. We need to come to a point, I feel, where we, um, we look at these modes of teaching. Sometimes this issue of desiring that your students go to replicate what they have learned uh, leads us to use approaches of teaching learning uh, that, um, that do not help them in being themselves when they research. They're not able to respond to issues on their own. They cannot be independent researchers. And so they, they try to retell the stories of their learning, of their, of their work in ways that are very dependent on other people. Four, engage or engaging adequately prepared research teachers. Five, uphold standard of entry requirements in the schools. And I think this is where having different levels of schools might be helpful for those who cannot fit into some high level of research training, can go to lower ones where they are not required to write, uh, and can grow up in, in those processes. I feel on one part of me that even those who had gone high in study and research should be able to teach in a very low setting, very low levels. And I think sometimes we make a mistake of thinking that if I have a degree, then I cannot go and teach in a local language school. I think even a professor does that, can do that. I was talking with a professor from Nigeria yesterday, and he was talking about uh, teaching in some of those mission schools, small level academic uh, women who virtually didn't go to school and having to teach them uh, what one word in English, what it means in Hausa language. And that's, that's something encouraging. That's something our educated elite uh, can do. Um, it, we are not expected to just teach those who are up high there and have no touch with those who are down there in terms of the academic exposures. So I, I think if we're able to do that, it will help us a great deal deal with issues of plagiarism. Uphold, okay, and next one, thorough supervision of our students. And then last one, adopting or developing effective IT technique. Uh, in Africa, uh, 
this is still um, at the beginning stages. Programs like um, Turn It In um, and other forms that other 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 programs, IT programs that can help in in looking at levels of plagiarism, uh, Grammarlin, uh, some of those programs, many of them are not uh, are not available in Africa, or at least our researchers in Africa are not aware about some of these that we help them with uh, managing some of these issues of uh, plagiarism. And I think we should be going there and help because one of the challenges most institutions in Africa have is uh, how do I easily detect that this is a stolen idea um, with the number of students under each person's supervision. And, uh, and so if we have some form of IT, some form of uh, programs that will help us do some quick assessments and the rest. A lot of resources in Africa also are not online. And so if, even if you sometimes have an IT setting to test some of that, if they are not online, um, it can be a problem. But I have observed that some of the materials that are registered, uh, they have ISBN numbers, uh, and the libraries have done their work. You can always tell uh, some, something about that. But a number of resources in Africa, even published resources, do not have ISBN numbers and are not are not really well distributed uh, for people to have access to and be able to make uh, effective assessment. But I think we are on the way and we can make some improvements in this direction. All right. Um, I'm going to the conclusion, the last clip. Uh, there's a need to affirm that plagiarism is compromise of academic and Christian integrity. Uh, and so we must respond to it. There are scriptural bases to do that. I have three, three texts here. Second Timothy 2.15 says, do, not, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of God. Christian research is interpretation of scripture and must be handled appropriately. Titus 2.7 In everything, set yourself an example by doing what is good. Research is good. In your teaching, show integrity and seriousness. And when we show integrity and seriousness we, uh, in research, then we are doing biblical, godly research. And the third text there talks about we must have reputation to outsiders. Those in the church and those outside the church. Uh, and so there's a need for us to 
encourage uh, proper research that uh, will inform and educate our context. Thank you. Can you clap for him, please? I have a, I, but we're going to take some time to do some discussion. And in that discussion, we'll take about five minutes to just turn to your neighbor and tell us what and, and talk about what practices that you use that you think have been very helpful and even redemptive in solving this issue. And then we want to share that because we want to learn from that. Um, the, uh, the other thing I, I want to ask you, though, before we go to that, could you take about two minutes? You, you've focused mostly on plagiarism and you didn't really allude to cheating. And this is what I've heard. Well, you know, in Africa, we're relational people and we help each other. And so when we're sitting in the classroom and we're taking the quiz and the teacher's not looking and my friend needs help, it's right for me to show him my answers so that, that somehow that's how we help each other. And, and, and it's a cultural response. And I, I, I wonder what you, how you would respond to that. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's also cheating. It's, <laughs> and I respond to that. I, I've had to respond to that in various ways. Sometimes if it's like a pop test, I've had to seize such paper and you miss that test and it's going to affect your grade. Maybe I've done that um, several times. <laughs> um, and... Uh, as an institution, we have had to discipline students who had done that. Um, the simply uh, find evidence and clear evidence that this was done, and uh, suspensions have been given to students uh, for uh, such kind of such kind of work. Um, so, so do you think that's exams. a do you think that's a sinful behavior or a cultural behavior? It's a sinful behavior, but the students may have come into it from some of the factors I mentioned in my introduction, uh, that uh, they are coming from a context, I need something, my friend can help me, and, I, and the, the corruption of society has gone to so many levels, and uh, the, the church needs to set an example uh, of say, saying, this is not acceptable. Uh, as a Christian, and if you need an, uh, if you need help, you should seek the help before the exams. And there are actually other levels of uh, of uh, lack of academic integrity that um, we could look at. I noted on my paper, but not on the PowerPoint, and that includes examinations, school tests, and also research by graduates or research that is not supervised. I have seen some who would, after graduation, would take something and publish, and it's actually one of their teachers um, teaching content. Um, or, or, or a friend's work, just take it and publish it. Uh, someone will say, oh, let me see that your paper. And before you know it, he has published it. <laughs> you know, uh, and so there, there are many other other forms of um, misuse of information in in our society, and that that we can provide response to. Thank you.
Thank you, brother. Okay, take five minutes and share the two best things that you're doing at your school to address this. It might be a pedagogical thing. It might be clear approach, dynamic conciliar approach, whatever. Just do that, and then we'll hear some some responses.